Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports. Entertainment. Little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering into a world of news and topics we find interesting. I'll start with that. Just had the lunch. Two pieces of toast, peanut butter only, and a and a coconut water. Okay. I mean, is that abnormal? I don't know. I think, you know, I, I got nothing on the toast except the peanut butter. Sometimes Peter, people like to put the margarine first and then the peanut butter over it to make it real glistening. And uh, I just go peanut butter only. You're speaking, you know, you're speaking a foreign language to me. I've never made any kind of food, including I have like a couple of times probably made toast. That's do you have a toaster at the house? Sure. And mom doesn't set it, set out a table or anything for you each night? <laughs> no. <laughs> I eat out every night. Every meal. Yeah. I did make ground beef as a yeah. as our steam producer Larry points out. I made it mostly for the Twitter picture. Uh sure. But no, I, I yeah, every every meal's out. Man, that kind of, that's got to cost you. Uh, yeah, but it would cost me more to experiment with cooking. Probably it would be a disaster. So take me through a normal day. You got the Starbucks in the morning because I've seen you every morning, and you got the Starbucks, or you have the the Dutch Brothers. I'm not sure yeah. which one you're now you're going to. Well, I'm much more of a Dutch Brothers fan, but we're also open to whoever wants to sponsor the show for sure. So that's true. That's uh, true. I'll drink whatever coffee anybody wants to pay us for. Yeah. Um, and then I actually, I would say, I, I think I mentioned this, but there's a restaurant that I've, I probably eat at five or six days a week. Yeah, I, but I'm with you at the Raiders and often, I, I think you probably skip lunch. Oh, I don't eat breakfast or lunch. You just have the coffee. And then uh, like a, a protein shake. Okay. And then, and then yeah, just eat, eat the one meal a day. Um, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid meal. Uh, it's a salad bar and a, a wrap. Okay. Okay. And they know you there? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, I try to avoid that. I don't actually talk to anybody. I'm friendly, but nobody knows like what I do or anything. Like I go in there and write every day, and they just think I'm the weirdo that like sits in the back and writes. But there, there's a restaurant that has a salad bar. Uh, they have unlimited uh, iced tea refills. Okay. And that you can get yourself that you don't have to bother anybody. And they have a booth. In the back with Wi-Fi and an outlet. And do you, do you ever find anyone else there? Very. I mean, there's it's there's there's customers, sure, but you know, I don't like see anybody I know or anything. No, what I'm saying is you usually get the booth. Oh, there's six six booths. Oh, all with outlets. Yeah, but the one the one I prefer uh, because it's actually there's a TV over there with a, that has ESPN on, so I could do that. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Now I've had a couple of places in the past that were kind of similar that I loved. One was a pandemic casualty, uh, oh, business. uh, but the other one, I, it was, I kind of did the same thing, but then I was, I was too involved. Like workers would call me and complain about other workers. Call and, you on your telephone. Yeah. Oh, that's way too involved with the place that you, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you gave out your phone number to people. It was too much. So I, I kind of learned that. So I stay anonymous uh, where, you know, at this spot, I try not to, you know, they know what I order. I order the same thing every day. Every right. time. 
So they know what I order and they just give me my food. And it's like a very pleasant, hey, how you doing again? Good to see you. Okay. All right. Well, go enjoy your booth. Or sometimes they'll say, hey, somebody's sitting in your booth. And I'll be like, all right, that's fine. I'll sit in a different one. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much a routine. It's pretty solid, but it's, you know, you've got stuff to write every day. And if you don't, even if you don't have stuff to write, you you know, you have stuff to read about or, uh, prepare for other stories, things like that. So uh, it's a pretty good habit to make sure I stay, you know, working uh, every day to have something to do. And, and, you know, I know when I'm sitting there, I'm going to be working and it's good. Good. It works out for me. Is it near the house? I know you can't say the restaurant. I mean, I, don't, I would say the restaurant. I don't really care necessarily, but uh, it's at uh, for those here in Las Vegas. It's uh, it's right at two fifteen in Rainbow. Two fifteen in Rainbow. Yeah, I was there the other day. Yeah, it's not, it's not far. It's it's in the, you know it's in the area. It's pretty good. Before we get to the Raiders, did you do you do a national radio show this afternoon? Or were you local? It was local. It was a last minute, <laughs> last minute fill in. Yeah. How'd that go? Those last minutes can be tough. It's amazing, you know, uh, on a Friday going into a holiday weekend that somebody would uh, would call in. Yeah. Well, claim to be sick. Claim to be. <laughs> Is anybody really sick the Friday before a holiday weekend? It just They're just getting a four-day weekend, right? Yeah, you get, you get in the four-day. That's of a course. Tough, that's, that's, tough for, that's tough to be believable on that. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, all right, they're down to the 53. We're talking about the Raiders. It's Ed and Adam here on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Um well, let's start with the obvious. Well, no, I want to start with this. You and Vinny Bonsignor did a 53 for the Review Journal. You also do all our uh, draft projections. How did your 53 come out? How many numbers did you hit? I think we got 50 out of 53. Nice. All right. Um, okay. Obviously, the Trayvon Mullen was a miss. That was a tough one to, to, to gauge. Yeah, we didn't expect that he would be traded. So that was a, that was a little bit difficult. Um, I'm trying to think we had, uh, God, what were the other two we missed? I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll go back to, to start with the, with the positives. Uh, we both, so this is the process that we did. Um, I did a 53 and he did a 53 and then we compared them and we were going to kind of, the, the idea was we were going to break down and contrast, um, okay. Who do you have? Who do you have? Okay, let's let's write a kind of a story discussing why you had this, why you had this, who might be right here, why you might be wrong here. And the problem that we had was that fifty-one of the fifty-three we were identical. Oh, that's that's tough to find many mistakes there. Yeah, so it was t- it was it was tough to kind of write a column about like contrasting where we were different. But I'll I'll break down the discussions that we had, and it turned out we we each went with one of our. We said, okay, you you win this war, I'll win this war. Uh, it wasn't really a war, it was a very quick discussion, but uh, you win this one, you win this one, so let's just settle on you know one each. And right. we actually, the ones that we picked were, were both right. So um, on defense, uh, I had uh, Matthias Farley getting cut. He had him making the team, uh, okay. which means I had Roderick Teamer on the team. He had him off. And we decided to go with my projection of Roderick Teamer on and Matthias Farley off. Uh, so we were right there. Uh, and then the other disagreement we had was he had a six running back. I had a six receiver. Uh, okay. I had Keelan Cole making the team and he had Britton Brown off. And that was a very easy one to, to debate because I was my original. I had Keelan Cole off 
And then I kind of changed it and said, you know what? I think they're going to keep him. I think they trust. They want a veteran that they trust as a six receiver. So I think they're going to keep him. Um, and Britton Brown, I thought they might release. I think the issue with, with Britton Brown was there was almost no way he was going to make it through waivers. So they weren't going to be able to stash him on the practice squad. If they waived him, I think somebody would have grabbed him almost immediately. Right. So they had to go ahead and uh, keep him on the roster. So they did cut Keelan Cole. So, um, and then we decided to go with Britton Brown and cutting Keelan Cole on our projection. So we were right there as well. Um, so, you know, I, I was pretty happy with, with the work that we did and, and to, to come to that conclusion, we were, we were fairly close and we both had Alex Leatherwood being released and that, you know, obviously turned out to be true. So, um, I think we did a good job. I, I, neither one of us um, at all uh, saw the Trayvon Mullen trade happening. I did. I will say I was very close uh, to keeping him off uh, the the depth chart that I did I or the, uh, the, the 53 man. I thought there was a chance that he could get cut, um, but I just thought that was maybe a step too far. Uh, in the roster, as it turned out, it wasn't. It, I don't know that he would have made the team if he if he wasn't traded. So I don't think he would have made it. I think they if they couldn't find a partner, I think they might have waived him. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it was a trade they made. Just hey, somebody offered us, let's make the trade. I think I think they started chopping him and said, hey, he's going to get cut. Does anybody want to want to grab him first? Um, so so I thought that was that was very interesting, and and I think it just comes down to really they didn't get time with him. Right, he missed the entire off season. He missed all the OTAs. Um, he finally came back for the last couple of practices, but he wasn't really at full strength. He, you know, took a couple of days of just special teams work. Uh, so I think in the end, they just, they, they didn't have enough experience with him. They didn't have enough familiarity. And uh, I don't think he was fully healthy and they, they weren't able to, to just see what he had when he was fully there. And he's obviously a holdover from the old regime and they moved on from a lot of those guys. So made it a little bit more easy uh, for them to make that move. But um, yeah, I, I think Trayvon Mullen is a guy that has a lot of potential, a lot of talent still, I think you go on and have a, a solid uh, career elsewhere with the Cardinals or, or wherever else he could end up. Uh, but I just don't think he fit with what they wanted to do. And I don't think he got enough time uh, to show that. So I think that's where they were. Um, I will say the, the other one that we missed that we just didn't see coming at all, obviously was uh, Isaiah Paula Ma'o. Uh, right. I still have a hard time saying it, but um, he, it's interesting because other guys uh, that – are kind of in that same position, you know, like Luke Masterson, Darian Butler, they shined throughout preseason. It was, right. they, were, they were ones that you might've been surprised did not make it because how they played. Right. And we, we had both them on there and, and, and with good reason. I mean, they, they played so well uh, throughout camp and, and they showed up in the games and they played really well. And Isaiah did too, but he didn't make those great plays. It wasn't like he was standing out making a great, great play, but in retrospect, if you kind of put together what he did and what the coaching staff said, uh, Josh McDaniel said all along, like, we want those guys that we just know are going to be solid, especially those end of the roster, the bubble guys. We know what we're going to get out of them. They, they make the right play. They make the right decision. They're just a solid player. That's what we want. And that's really what he was. I mean, he wasn't, right. he wasn't a guy that was going out there and, you know, he's not going to make a highlight reel. I mean, he might eventually, but the, out of his preseason appearances, you're not going to make a highlight reel out of it. He just goes out and does the right thing. He works hard every day, does the right thing. You're never going to be worried about what he's doing because he's always in the right position. And, and that's really what impressed them. It wasn't any, uh, any great play that stood out that impressed them. And I think that sent a, sends a message uh, to not only this roster, but future rosters with the Raiders under Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler that, you know, you don't have to make a highlight play. You, you just make the right play. You do the right things and you're going to be rewarded for it. And I think that's a good message to send to the team. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. 
with 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. Here's the thing. When they cut Leatherwood, everyone talked about the dead cap money and the money they're going to have to pay him. They got fortunate, I think, with the Bears uh, claiming him. Um, although I was a little surprised at that. I thought the Bears would try to see if he got through there and, and, and then and then picked him up for a lot less. But they didn't, um, especially since supposedly they tried to trade this guy to all 31 teams and there weren't any takers, if you believe that report. Um, but, you know, Leatherwood... Were you surprised at that, or were you? I know you didn't have him on the fifty-three, but because of the money, or did you say, you know what, Ziggler and McDaniel's have said all along that the best guys are going to earn their roles, and the ones who don't are not going to be around? It sure seems like they stood behind that that kind of edict there that you had to earn your role. But when it gets into the money, same similar to Kenyon Drake getting rid of him and the money they owe him, um, it sure seemed like that wasn't a big part of their thought process, even though they've got cap room to play with. Yeah, and I think it's it's much easier to do that when it wasn't you that drafted him. Like if, if you draft him, it's kind of tough to to make that concession and say, Hey, look, we have to move on. We messed up. It's easier to eat that cash potentially. And they didn't have to, uh, but it's easier to eat that cash potentially and, and admit that mistake when it wasn't you that made the mistake. So um, yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. It also, if you go back and think about where this team is and where uh, they want to be, um, I, Obviously, on this, you know, on this podcast and other places, advocated that they that they rebuild this year. I thought that they should have traded away some of their assets, got some draft picks, and rebuilt for two or three years down the road. That's not the path they took. Uh, if you would have gone that way, if you would have been a rebuilding group that's two or three years away, then you can put Alex Leatherwood on the roster, and you can put Alex Leatherwood in the starting lineup, and you can let him develop, and you can deal with his mistakes, and uh, let him figure it out and work his way through it. But that's not where this team is. This team went all in. You know, this team kind of mortgaged the future a little bit and said, Hey, we're, we think we can win now. We think we have the players to win. Now we're going to try to win right now. We're going to trade away draft picks. We're going to, you know, eat up some of the cap space, although they still have a little bit left. We are going to go all in. And if you're all in, you can't have an Alex Leatherwood on your roster. Like he's not going to start for you. You don't trust him enough to put him on the field. You can't eat up a roster spot for a team that thinks it's going to contend with a developmental player that you're hoping gets his confidence back and you're hoping works his way back in. I think there's every possibility that Alex Leatherwood turns it around, figures it out, gets confidence and is a good player. I think there's a very, there's a, there's a non-zero chance. I think there's a, a fairly decent chance that that happens. He's got all the talent in the world. He's a prototypical uh, offensive lineman. Uh, there's a reason he went first in the, in the first round of the draft. Even if you don't think he should have, he should have been second or third. There's a reason he was a high draft pick. He was a great player in college, maybe the best offensive lineman in all of college football. He's a good player, but the confidence wasn't there. He wasn't ready to contribute right now. You can't waste that roster spot and and you move on from him. Now uh, I, I saw people saying, Hey, it's going to look really silly for the, for the Raiders. If he does get better. Uh, I don't, I, I don't think I that's believe the case. That. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. They, yeah. they do. They are not in the position to keep him. And I don't know that it ever would have happened here. Like, yeah, I, I, know. I, I was thinking about that today about how if he goes on and is great, people are going to blame the Raiders. And I go exactly opposite that. Now, if he goes on and he's great, you can credit those who helped him at his next stop. Maybe it's the Bears, maybe it's somewhere else. But I certainly wouldn't come back and talk or write, well, the Raiders blew it. As the, From what they saw from him and how he performed here, 
I think it was a, I don't want to say it's easy, but it was a simple decision to move on from him. I don't think you can sit here and say, well, you know, from what we've seen, we know he will improve. We know he'll get to a certain point. So I always don't like to look back and say, well, it was their fault that this happened. I more like to say, hey, he went off, like you said, and Jermaine Ellen Menore has talked about this also about like what happened in his career, gaining some confidence, um, becoming a better player over time. It took him a long time. So if that happens with Alex Leatherwood, I'm more apt to credit the people he goes to. Yeah. It, 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 even if he goes on and he's great somewhere, um, let's just say he goes on to the Bears and he becomes a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't think you look back and say the Raiders messed that up because to me, it probably never would have happened here. He needed to go somewhere else to try to figure it out, especially because in, in the, you know, Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears made this point. He said, hey, moving out of the Raiders, that draft position is no longer a thing. And I do right, think right. being picked yeah. in the first round, being picked 17th overall, I think those things followed him around. Yeah. And that, hey, you're supposed to be better than this. You're a first round pick. Well, now you're a guy that was cut by another team. You're not that first round pick anymore. I mean, it's always still attached to you. But I think you can get away from that and move away from that. And I think that will help him greatly in his development. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's you know it sucks for the Raiders. It sucks for him. He's a good kid. I, I've I never had a real bad experience with Alex Leatherwood. I thought he was always um, you know you could tell that he didn't have confidence uh, anymore. Like that was definitely my read on him. But um, always respectful and and you know for the most part, I think a couple of times he maybe avoided uh, some questions, but you know, he was there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the organization um, and everybody that's around him probably wish all the best for him, but it just was never going to happen here. Uh, another uh, news this week, Darren Waller changed agents, went to Drew Rosenhaus, showed up to practice that next day. Um, how much was this? You hear this with agents a lot when you change agents, where especially maybe someone at Rosenhaus's level, how much was this show up in good faith and we'll get the contract done, but you can't be sitting out uh, if that's what's happening? I, mean, I think it probably was. Uh, again, I think, you know, there's a camp that says he was hurt and there's a camp that says he was holding in. Um, I'm in the camp that it was some of both. Right. Uh, I think there was a minor injury and he didn't want to risk any further injury because he has no more guaranteed money and he wanted a new contract. And I'm totally with him. I think he should have got a new contract. I think he deserves a new contract. And if I were him, I never would have been anywhere close to that practice field. Uh, but, but I do think you're right. I think there is an element of Rosenhaus coming in and saying, Hey man, like this is how we're going to get it done. Show them that you're there to work. Show them that you're there to play. You're going to be there week one and we'll figure this contract thing out along the way. Cause I, I do think they're somewhat close. I wouldn't be totally stunned if it happens before week one, uh, that he gets a contract, but I think it was kind of both sides saying, okay, let's, uh, you know, let, let's bridge this gap a little bit. Let's get out there and, and show that you're ready to go. And, uh, and then we can work on the contract behind the scenes. So um, it's no guarantee that it gets done, but I do think that there's a, a good chance of it. And again, I, I don't, you know, I don't think an injury was fake or made up. I think there was a, a minor injury that was um, that was present, but I don't think it was keeping him off the field. I think more the, hey, look, there's a minor injury. There's no guaranteed money. A contract is due. There's no way I'm going to be out on the practice field. That, right. that seems what it was to me. Uh, that's what you know, my belief was, and, and again, I don't, I don't fault him at all. I fault him zero. I never would have been close to the practice field. So the fact that he was out there a couple of times uh, was more than I would have done. Is this a better 53 than you thought it would be? How good can this team be? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting more and more optimistic uh, about the team's chances as it gets closer to the season. I, I thought, 
you know, I've been pretty consistent since the, you know, since the roster was kind of set, since they made the Devonte Adams trade, uh, since we knew kind of the direction that, and then the Chandler Jones trade as well, we knew kind of the direction this team was going or the, uh, the signing and then the, uh, the trade of Yannick Ngakwe to move him out and, and bring Jones in. Um, I thought it, I thought it was going to be a good team. I thought it was going to be a much improved team from last season, uh, but I thought the record would be worse just because uh, even if you get significantly better, you have a very, very difficult schedule to deal with uh, both in the division and out of the division for the most part. Uh, I just thought there was too many things that were going to be in the way for their record to be any better than it was last year. And in fact, I thought, I thought if they won, you know, nine games this year, even eight games, that's going to, that was going to be more impressive than going to the playoffs last year, just because the schedule is so much more difficult and the, the, you know, the roadblocks are so much more difficult to get over. Uh, but as it gets closer to the season, like a lot of the question marks I had, yes, the offensive line is still a question mark for sure. Uh, but the other questions I had, if you would have given me the top five questions facing this team going into training camp, I think they've answered like three or four of them. Like I don't have those same questions anymore. And that doesn't mean they're going to go, you know, run roughshod over the league and dominate everybody. But um, I just don't see the glaring weaknesses that um, most teams seem to have. Uh, I think this team has everything in place. Now, things have to go the right way. Like, I think we all assume Nate Hobbs takes a step even farther forward. I think we assume that the linebacker core comes together. I think the defensive tackles, uh, we assume, are, you know, stout enough and the and the edge rushers uh, aren't, you know, solely focused on getting the passer, that they actually, you know, are able to set the set the edge against the run and and handle that a little bit, um, that they're, the depth in the, in the secondary holds up. Like, a lot of those things still have to happen. But I'm not as concerned about some of the questions as I may have been, you know, three, four weeks ago. All right. Uh, finally, I want to ask you this. Your Mark Davis on Sunday uh, and your team, the Las Vegas Aces, is in the WNBA Finals Game 1 at Michelob Ultra Arena. Your football team, Las Vegas Raiders, with all this positive thinking, brand new coach, brand new GM, Devontae Adams, all, the, all these guys, they are in uh, Los Angeles where you and I are going to be playing the Chargers, and you're Mark Davis. Where are you? Where should you be? Oh, boy. Uh, it's a tough call. If it was a game five or game seven, whatever the WNBA series are, I think you have to be at the WNBA game. But See, I think you got I, I think you got to be there anyway because it's the finals. I don't know. NFL trumps everything, and it's, it's SoFi, it's LA. I mean, could you, could you theoretically – Jump in a jet and make it for the second half. I think that's possible. Uh, so you figure the basketball game will start at three Eastern noon here. Uh, it's a two-hour game. Uh, two o'clock. Get in a jet. I don't know if you make the second half. That all the way to SoFi and getting through that traffic and stuff. I don't think he does. I think he's got to choose. Know, could you go plane to LAX like a private jet, obviously, and then helicopter sure. over? Helicopter over for Did half a football. It? It's it's like a half mile. I mean, I suppose you could. Uh, I just I think he's. This is a really tough one, man. I think he's at the basketball game. If it's the final, well, not if it would be the finals. It means they beat Seattle in this semifinal, and they're in the finals. I think he's at the basketball game, but I can see I your so. point in that it's not. You know, I, I the finals. I think are also three of five. I think the. I think the WNBA stays at three or five. Um, so that's a tough one, man. I, I'm going back and forth on what I think he should do. 
I, 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 I think I'm going to stay with my original thought because it's the finals. I think he should be basketball. I think he said the football okay. game. Tough. If it was me, I think just for the for the baller status, I would try to fly second half and get a helicopter over to SoFi. That's the way I would go just because uh, that would be like the cool thing to do. Well, it won't be cool, but you will be driving all night to get to the game, true? I will. I will. Shemaya and, uh, and Diaz on a Saturday night in Vegas and then uh, football on Sunday. It's going to be a great great 24-hour stretch. You're gonna be able to, are you going to be able to get in that parking lot? Where? At, at, in L.A.? Yeah, SoFi. It's going to be packed. Well, I'm getting in at 3 a.m. I'm not going to go 4 a.m. Oh, that's right. We're meeting you at the hotel. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be there. It's, it's going to be a good time, but that's that's a tough fight to miss. So uh, I'll be a little less uh, luxurious, I guess, than Mark Davis's plan. But I'm going to attend <laughs> both events. Uh, and maybe then, I mean, maybe I could. Could I? Could I fly a private jet from here down to LA? I don't think you can expense maybe. that. Maybe I'll ask Mark if that's really what he's doing, and then you know, fly along with him. That'd be a great story. You should ask him. It'd be great. That'd be a great story. That 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 would lead the paper in uh, in views. I'll tell you that. Sure. All right, buddy. It's been good. Uh, we'll do this again each week. Now, starting next week, we're going to get serious now because uh, the season will be upon us on Friday, going into week one against the Chargers, and we'll see. What, what is what's the range of a helicopter? Can it, can a helicopter fly from here all the way down there? Down where? Like from here to SoFi? Of course, it could, couldn't it? Can we just take a, a helicopter? The whole, I'm actually googling how far can a helicopter fly. Like, there, I mean, it's it's it seems like a short range thing, but I feel like 250 to 400 miles. That's close. Ooh, that is close to it. I don't know if you want to chance that. I think we can do it. It's not like those. It's not like those uh, big, wide helicopters the president goes in. This would be like a small one. You and no. Davis in two seats in the back. Well, is there only two seats? Am I flying it? <laughs> no, two seats in the back. You got your you got your pilot, and that you know okay. you'd be in a round bubble one, the one that the thing that looks just, like a bubble. I, yeah, I just want to wear one of those cool like headsets. <laughs> yeah, and, until you hit four hundred miles, and, and the guy says we've got fifty to go. Oh, <laughs> that that wouldn't be good. No, that, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe I'll just drive like I planned to. All right. We'll check that uh, with Davis, and we'll give you an update next week. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, SDN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week as the Raiders prepare to open up in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.